it's Crystal. Hey, it's Jessica. We're two friends in two different chapters of life coming together to chat about life, love, work, family drama, and everything in between. Join us as we lean into living out loud and navigating through life's messy challenges on this journey to find joy in being intentionally human. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Intentionally Human. Hey, Jessica. I'm so happy to connect with you this week and talk about some really fun stuff. I know it's been a a whirlwind of a week, um, but it's been a fun one and lots of growth happening. So how's it been going with you, Crystal? Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's definitely been a crazy week, crazy weekend. As I've mentioned, my kids play sports. So volleyball season has begun and tournaments are in full swing. So I'm a little tired, but I am here and excited to chat. Awesome. Well, I know that we were talking before we started recording and that you have a raw reflection for us. So do you want to share it? Sure. So this one's really fun. So this was a real moment for me that really just kind of opened up my eyes a little bit and I was kind of surprised by it. So recently I um, reconnected with an old friend from college that I haven't seen in quite a few years. Um, but we were friends in, in college. We were different. Like we were kind of opposites, but we, you know, still connected, had similar classes. So we had some, you know, commonalities there to kind of build from. She's very materialistic and, you know, kind of self-absorbed and really competitive. And back in college, some of those, those were some of the things that kind of maybe frustrated me a little bit because I, I am not materialistic. I'm not super self-absorbed and I, Definitely didn't want to compete with her over, you know, grades and friends and things like that. So those were kind of the things that I think helped us balance each other out because we were opposites, but then also kind of made the friendship a little challenging at times too. So long story short, we haven't talked in years, reconnected over lunch and it was fantastic. I was really nervous because I was like, oh, like, I don't want to just hear about her and all of her stuff. And you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was going to be very one-sided. But no, she's like, she's awesome. She's found a way to like really capitalize on all of those things that like my younger self thought were maybe like negative traits, right? Like I Mm -hmm. didn't see them as really cool things because they weren't who I wanted to be, but she's in marketing now. And so that competitive gene like really helps her in her career. Like she's like top I don't know what they call it in their field, but like the top person at her job every year is like winning awards. She's married, has kids, um, you know, and so she is still very materialistic and very kind of, you know, superficial. So, you know, there's been some plastic surgery and there's, you know, we have to have a certain Mm -hmm. style and a certain car and those kind of things, but she works her butt off for them, you know, and that's what drives her and motivates her. So she's found success. She's happy. Her kids are happy. And I think I just, had this opportunity to look at it and say, you know, all of those things that I thought were kind of, you know, kind of crappy um, as a younger person, really, I mean, they're not crappy, they're just different, right? So it was an opportunity for look at it and be like, damn, she used all of those things that I thought might hold her back. And those are what is helping her succeed. And I was just really impressed by that. And she showed up as her true authentic self and she owned it. And she said, yeah, I am competitive. And you know what, that's what I win every year. She's like, you know, that's what motivates me to do better at work and keeps me going. And 
I may not cheer on my counterpart the way that others do, but <laughs> it's because I want to win. And that's how I want to motivate them too. Like you want to, you want to be the best, then you got to beat me kind of a, an approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just, you know, she was happy and she was good with who she was. And I just thought that was really, really cool. And I really appreciated that. And I just thought it was such a neat experience to come in and say, look, all of those things are what make her valuable. And though we are very different and we approach life differently, doesn't make either one of us better or worse. It just makes us different. And I just thought it was really awesome how she owned it and showed up just true to herself. Yeah. I think that that's always a really fun thing to go into when you're kind of, I don't want to say dreading a a situation, but you kind of feel this feeling of like, is this really going to be fun? Is it going to be worth my, worth my time? And then you go into it and you realize that like, even though it's not your personality or those character traits that you have in yourself, that sometimes it's those differences that I always feel like I have to step back and go, oh, it was me who thought of them as like a negative thing. It was never the other person thinking, thinking they were negative. And it kind of like realizing that some of that stuff I had in my own head. And it's so cool as you get older and meet back up with friends from the past and kind of rekindle that friendship in a way where you just have that freedom of accepting somebody for who they are. I know historically in the past with friends, I wasn't good at that. If friends didn't fall in line with what I thought was perfect, you know, air quotes, um, then I just didn't think that it was a worthy investment of my time. And that was my loss. I think I missed out on a lot of really great friendships and really great people because of that. And because of that quick judgment that now, you know, taking the time to get to know somebody and just accepting them for who they are, you can't change anybody, but you can love them where they're at and have it be that. And it made me like step back and be like, gosh, man, you are so judgmental. And I didn't, I didn't never really thought of myself as a judgmental person. Like I really am kind and I like to get to know people and I feel like I'm a pretty accepting person. But when I was preparing for this, you know, this lunch, all of these things were like, oh God, she's going to do this. I just kept thinking of all of the things that used to annoy me um, about her when we were younger, instead of saying, you know, like just going into it open, you know? So I was really glad when we got there that I kind of flipped that switch. I was able to turn all of that off and just really be open in the moment with her. And it was really fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm glad we met. Uh, It, I left inspired, which I was not expecting in the least, Mm -hmm. right? Like she inspired me because she was being true to herself. She really is living her most authentic life and she is happy and she is successful and she has found joy um, in what she does. Do I want her life? Absolutely not, right? (laughs) But I am so proud and, and just, I think it's amazing that she is in that space and that she's living it. And there are things that she does that inspire me. So like, if she wants something, she makes it happen. She will go out and get it unapologetically. She doesn't wait for somebody to validate that want or that need. I tend to be an overthinker. So I will think of something and then I'll have to process it and think about it and do the pro con list and all of these things. And she'll be like, Oh, I want that. And then she'll go out and make it happen. Now, of course, that means more risk. So she's had some things that she's gone after that maybe didn't work out or cost her or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But she at least tried, you know, and she didn't, you know, 
lose any of that motivation or that desire to reach that outcome. She just like full force went out and made things happen. And I just think that's so amazing. So I was really impressed and I was really glad to be able to kind of come together and have these conversations. We have different perspectives on life and viewpoints, but I still like found so much value in what she was saying. And I think that that dynamic is so important. And it made me think of a lot of the diversity topics that we've been having over this last year right? And how important diversity is. But I think sometimes those diversity discussions only look at things you can see, like um, like if it's a physical disability or a race issue or a gender issue or an age issue, right? Like those are mm-hmm. all things that generally you can see from the outside. And it made me think about how diversity goes so much deeper than that. Like her and I are both, you know, white women are about the same age, you know, grew up in, you know, middle-class families, you know, but our worldviews and our perspectives and our ways of life are very, very different. I mean, vastly different. And I think it's important to have those differences present in your life because it keeps you aware of, you know, how things are different. I have people in my life that are older, that are different races, come from different cultures, but are kind of our way of thinking tends to be similar. So we can come together and agree on things and say, oh yeah, we got this. Um, And so it kind of misses that deeper level diversity. I don't know if that's the right terminology for it. And so it was just just really kind of refreshing to see that and be reminded, right, that it's nice to have people around you who have different ways of life and different perspectives, because that's what I think kind of helps spur creativity and um, real innovation, because you can bring in those different perspectives and look at things from a different point of view to make things come to life. So that was my raw reflection for the week, but <laughs> I love that. And I love that you're kind of getting into, I'm going to call it diversity of thought. Oh, I, I love think, that. I think that that is a huge thing. I, you know, it's really easy to get along with and be friends with people who think the same as you, but how do you grow that way? Yeah. You know, how do you challenge yourself? How do you challenge your world perspective or views And how do you come concrete in them? And I think that that was a huge thing. I had and still have a lot of friends who we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. (laughs) Um, And there's a lot of things that we do. And the beauty in that is that we'll have conversations that will get, you know, more heated. We'll, we'll argue, we'll talk things out and we'll take a step, take a second to step back and look at it from the other person's perspective and while it not, it's not ever meant to like change our minds, it does give you that ability to go, okay, I'm seeing it from your side and I understand it. I get what you're saying, but I still am very firm in like my thought and my belief. And it's always been one of the coolest things to me when walking away from those conversations, even though they're really hard and in the moment they suck, <laughs> it's never <laughs> fun to have those conversations. I feel more secure in my answers moving forward. So if somebody else were to go, why do you think like this? And it's like, well, I've seen it from every perspective and this is still what I believe and what I hold true in my opinion, which I know is kind of, that's not like a great way to say it. Cause like opinions aren't fact, <laughs> but for me in my worldview, that's what that is. Right. right. And I think your perception is your reality, right? So if you're going and you're only seeing things from your own point of view, I think you have a very limited perception, right? Which would then translate into a limited you know, reality in a sense. And so I kind of took that approach with, you know, when, with my lunch with this friend and was like, 
starting to remember some of the things from her past where she did pull me out of my comfort zone, right? Like I wasn't one that would, you know, go party or put myself out there. I didn't like to be the center of attention, but she did. And so we would do things like that. And I always had a good time. I met a lot of really interesting people through her when we were younger, you know? And so there were those good things that weren't coming to my mind initially when I was preparing for that lunch, you know? And so I just think that was really, you know, interesting to walk away from that and think, you know, God, she really does those and she does push your boundaries and it is a good reminder that you know it's okay to take risks or it is okay to put yourself out there and, and do those different things and so I just really left very kind of inspired and motivated and was like I think we need more of this so I'm making another goal for this year or intention plan whatever we want to call it to meet more people and put myself out there more um, I tend to be a um, a little more introverted I call myself mm-hmm. the loner because I love to be by myself, um, which is weird. I know because I have three kids who are, you know, we're doing lots of things. But <laughs> for myself, I really like get a lot of energy just like kind of being alone with myself, um, which yeah. is OK. But I think it's good for me to push through some of those comfort zones a little bit and put myself out there, mm-hmm. take a few more risks, meet a few more new people. Right. And really make sure that I'm keeping myself surrounded with those that are in my comfort zone and in my inner circle, but also those that are different and can have these, you know, diversified thought uh, conversations or whatever, so that we can really just keep that kind of inspiration and motivation going and growth and creativity and all these other good fun things that I, you know, left ready to, to tackle after that lunch. I love that. I love that you're setting that as a goal for this year, because I think as adults or like I've found as I get older, it's really hard to make new friends. You know, you have your oh, work yeah. friends, you have your friends that you've had for a while, but to go out and meet people who have differing views than you is really difficult, you know, cause when you work with people, you kind of have some of the same foundational views just based on your job, that kind of stuff. And I've always been in awe of people that as adults can make really good friends. And, you know, I've been blessed to have that happen because my dad set me up with my best friend because I moved home from college <laughs> and he thought that I needed um, more female friends in my area. And he had a girl that moved down there to work and was like, I think y'all get along. And we did not like each other at first. And we'll admit it to this day that it took us about four months to really warm up with each other and want to hang out with each other. And we, kind of put aside those differences and decided to go on a girl's weekend trip with two other girls. And that weekend was when our friendship really blossomed and bloomed. And it was because we were so uncomfortable in a situation that that's when we connected was just both being out of our comfort zones. Yeah. And I really love how you bring that up because I think that is so true that I think sometimes we look at folks that may be a little different than us and we like automatically assume we have nothing in common or that there's no, you know, commonalities or, or anything that we can build a foundation, right? Whether it be a friendship or relationship or whatever. And I love that you, that you put it that way. That was like, Hey, we got into this new situation. We were both uncomfortable. We found some common ground, right. And we're able to Mm -hmm. build from there. And I think sometimes that just means you needed to be open and you needed to kind of create that space to say, you know what, I know we're very, very different. And right now I'm not seeing much about you that (laughs) aligns with what I'm interested in. But if we change the scenario, right? Like, so let's say now we work together or now we're, you know, living in the same building or now we're on vacation together. Like you can find something usually with somebody that you can 
build some commonalities from. Um, and we just don't always take the time to, to do that. I think we make those snap judgments and we move on and don't look back. And so I'm really glad that you were able to do that with that person. Oh yeah. We bonded over, um, be feeling old. Cause we didn't want to go out to the bars one night. So we drank <laughs> margaritas in bed at the hotel and watch HGTV. Nice. <laughs> we were real wild 23 year olds, you know, there you go. <laughs> um, it makes me think of a meme I saw on Facebook the other day. Um, like nobody knows true friendship except for two coworkers who hate the same person. And it makes me laugh because I have made friends with people throughout the years, <laughs> right? To where you're working and you and that person may not have anything else in common, right? But you both have a dislike for somebody else that's, a, you know, that you work with and you build a bond over that. And I just think that is really funny. Like it's a funny way to put it, but I think you could find some common ground anywhere if you just look hard enough and are open to it. Definitely. I mean, it's maybe really hating wild. on your boss isn't the best approach, but... <laughs> No, don't recommend that. Yeah. (laughs) Don't recommend that at all. Yeah. It's really odd to me um, that sometimes it's like those negative commonalities, like you said, like hating on your boss or disliking something or like just being disgruntled in the moment. And that's what causes you to like each other. And then like both having that negative energy and feeding off of each other. I've always had situations like that where you end up laughing and you end up talking about something totally unrelated to whatever you were mad about in the first place. And then that's really how, I don't want to say how beautiful friendships blossom, but for me, that's been how friendships have blossomed where, you know, you're with a stranger, you're talking crap. And then all of a sudden you're calling each other out. Like, it's not that bad. Like we can get over this. (laughs) It's really nice to have that. Yeah. Um, I do have a friend who we are still friends to this day and talk pretty regularly. And we did start that way. We were working on a project. Um, We worked at different companies, but our companies were partnering for a particular project. And so we were working together there and we didn't really Mm -hmm. know each other at all, but there was somebody else that was also working on the project that just wasn't carrying their own weight. And so her and I ended up having to do kind of extra to make sure the project got done. And so we kind of bonded over that, like, oh, you know, I'm going to call her Sally. If Sally would just, you know, do her part, like we could go home for dinner or, you know, we can go to happy hour if Sally would just pick up her part. And so that really kind of was where we started. Um, and we did build from there and it, but it, it's funny. Cause that meme made me think of her, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. that's how we, that's how we created a friendship and we would tease each other all the time because, um, though we got along really great as adults, when we talked about like, you know, our younger years are like how we were in high school. We both agreed that we would not have been friends in high school. We were very, very different in high school and probably would have hated each other in high school. Um, as she says, like she would have been the one that was telling on me when I was skipping class or something like that. (laughs) Um, cause she was the goody, goody, goody two shoes and was telling on everybody. So we wouldn't have been friends in high school, but as adults, we get along great. Like we have so much fun together, you know, but I just think it's funny how you can kind of look at that. You can start from somewhere weird and and crazy and unexpected (laughs) and it turned into something Mm -hmm. really great. Definitely. And I love that you, you know, I'm going to bring it back to your raw reflection with your friend, like how you were talking about how y'all wouldn't have been friends in high school. I think it's really cool too, when you have somebody that you were friends with when you were younger and you, you acknowledge that you both changed and you're not the same people that you were when you were friends 
but you can still come back together and you learn to re-love the person for who they are now, not who they were. Yes. I have a lot of college friends like that. You know, my college roommates, thank gosh we aren't the same people that we were in college. We <laughs> probably not be alive right now. We were crazy. Um, but you know, now we've all moved on. We have different lives and we're at different stages and we've learned to relove each other in those stages, you know, not the same three people that talked in British accents, screaming at each other from our bedrooms. Like if we still did that, <laughs> we would have That's never grown hilarious. up. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think that's a great point because that is something that actually my friend and I at lunch, we talked about and about because we had just kind of drifted apart. And so like she's married now, I'm married now, we both have kids. Neither one of us like were involved in each other's weddings or through any of that stuff. So it was, you know, that was one of her comments was like, you know, I can't believe I missed that. Like, I can't believe I missed all of those things in your life. And I was like, yeah, I know I, I missed that those big moments and milestones in your life too, because we drifted apart. Um, so I mean, it was really cool to come back though, after all these years being in different places now, growing up a little bit and, and realizing that we have different things in common now, right? So mm-hmm. what, what we had in common, what common ground we found in college is totally different, right? Like, so I have almost like a new appreciation or a new understanding of her because now we have different things in common, um, so there's still those differences, right? Um, but we have we have new stuff that we can build from and kind of rehatch this this friendship and kind of, you know, nourish it now in a different way than what we had back then. And I think yeah. that's really cool. I think that's really cool too. I think there's a lot of guilt sometimes around friendships kind of waxing and waning. And it's totally normal in relationships for that to happen, for you to kind of drift apart and then come back together, especially when sometimes friendships are based on just closeness. You know, when you're in college and you're with somebody all the time, you kind you, you're almost blinded to some of the things that did make you different, made it harder to be friends. And then when you get away from each other, that connection and that nearness isn't there to hold you together. So you do sort of drift apart and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't feel like there's anything to feel guilty about. And a lot of people do and they struggle with that. And I think the guilt of it keeps people from reconnecting and acknowledging that there's still people that you love and you care about, even if you don't talk to them except for once or twice a year. And there's not, I mean, I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. I could be alone in that, but for me, (laughs) I don't feel like there's anything wrong. Yeah, no. And I think that's a good call out, um, you know, me and my obsession with relationships and connections with people, (laughs) but I don't think we do a, a good enough job, like talking about relationships and what's healthy and what's not healthy and what's normal and what's not normal. Cause I think you're right. I think as people grow and as they change and they get through different parts of their life and in different stages of their life you know, their priorities shift, what's, you know, what's important to them changes. And it's natural, I think, for those friendships to, to, like you said, ebb and flow. We, I have friends who I was friends with for a really long time. Maybe one of us got married and started having kids um, earlier than the other. And so then it's like what we had in common and our interests changed, right? Like, so now I am the one that's married and has a child. I can't go out and party or hang out late or do these kind of things. And so, we don't have quite as much common in that moment in time as we did before, but that doesn't mean that there's still not a friendship. There's still not care. There's still not concern for the other's well-being. It's just now you have to almost shift those dynamics a little bit. And I don't know that we're really taught or trained very well, or at least maybe I wasn't growing up. Maybe others had this, but you know, it's, 
it's kind of having that unconditional care for that other person and being okay, celebrating those successes, celebrating those changes and, and still finding a way to connect. Um, and it can be hard to do, but it's okay that it's a different connection or a different, you know, reason for coming together and, and continuing that friendship. And I think, you know, if me and my friend had of, you know, kind of had that understanding with the dynamic that we had, we probably wouldn't have lost touch, but because mm-hmm. we kind of, you know, we both graduated, we went into different jobs. I ended up moving away out of state. And so it just, you know, that distance, like you said, was there and it just, it just fizzled, right? Like no, no yeah. fault. It just happened. Um, but I think had we come at it and had, had we understood that things can change, but you still have to spend that time and that energy to like maintain it. Uh, things might've been different. Who knows? Yeah. I feel like with, you know, how you said growing up, you didn't really have that view. I I feel a little bit different. So my mom and her best friend have been best friends since kindergarten. And so I always thought that that's how it was supposed to be with your best friend. You know, you just meet them young and they stay with you forever. You go through life together, do everything together. Like me and, um, my mom's best friend's baby were born a month and a day apart. You know, they just did life together. And for me, that didn't happen. You know, my best friends from elementary up to high school, we haven't kept in touch. You know, we're still friends on Facebook. We liked each other's stuff, but it hasn't been a friendship that's really withstood the test of time. So I used to think there was something so wrong with me. Like, I don't know how to keep friends and things like that because I was comparing myself to my mom and I wasn't enjoying friendships that I was in in the moment. Where I was feeling like, well, maybe my friendship isn't as special because it didn't start early off, like early on in my life. And I will stand by like comparison is the thief of joy. The more oh, you compare yourself to gosh, others, yes. the less you can enjoy your own life. Yes. Hands and down. so that was huge for me to like let that go because now I do have a beautiful best friend here. I call it a tear because there's more than just one. Um And we just, they get me and they're my people. And I think if I didn't have those times where I didn't have a whole lot of friends or I'm okay with being alone or two, like I'm, I'm one of those people, I don't need a lot of friends to feel fulfilled. I just need a couple of really good ones that I know I can go to. If I didn't have those moments where I was sort of lacking a bunch of extra people in my life, I wouldn't have been so brave in reaching out to my best friends that I have now or putting myself out there or taking a random girls weekend trip with people that I didn't really know, you know, that would have never happened before. (laughs) That's so fun. And I love what you said about the comparison. I think social media has played a role. So like for you, you're a little younger than me. So social media has probably been more of a presence in your life, especially your adult life. Right. So Mm -hmm. for me, we didn't, I really, I don't think that I joined social media until several years after I graduated from college. So I think in some way, social media has been very helpful with keeping people still connected, right? So yes, me and my friend, we are friends on Facebook and have been for years, but there was still several years after we graduated and went our separate ways that we didn't really have connection, right? Like, But now I think there's also that, that piece of social media that makes us feel like we're connected, but we're not really. So we can see what's right. happening with them. We, I've seen that she's had a new baby and I can send her a congratulations on Facebook, but I'm not actually reaching out to her. I'm not really connecting with her in the moment. I'm not calling her. I'm not sending her a card. I'm not, you know, doing all of those things that 
before social media, we were forced to do, right? Like if you wanted to know how somebody was doing, you would have to call them or write mm-hmm. them a letter or do something like that to really engage with that person. And so I just feel like there's that that plus and minus that, you know, <laughs> there's that good with social media to keep people connected, but then it's also, it's like, it changes the way we connect with them. Right. And I'm not sure it's always the most meaningful, right? And engaging and keeping that kind of friendship or relationship going. I would agree with that. I think that sometimes you just see people's, what they put out as their daily life. I won't say it's their daily life. We don't know what happens behind the scenes of the, oh, yeah. but you think that you're seeing it. So you're like, oh, they look like they're doing great and all that. And you miss that opportunity to connect on a deeper level to ask, you know, how's your heart? How's, how are things going? What's going on in your life? Because you just assume that you're, that's what you're getting on the daily. Yeah, they look and smiling really and happy. Yep. Well, and it goes back to your comparison too. So you see their newsfeed, they're smiling, they're happy. They've, they've, I don't know, got their promotion at work or whatever. So you think everything's great. And then you're happy for them. So you don't reach out to like check on them. But then you also can fall victim to that. Oh God, look, they're always smiling. They're always happy. Look, everything's mm-hmm. great. And I'm over here miserable today. <laughs> um, and you start kind yeah. of comparing yourself. And a lot of times it's just a front I've noticed on like what you see on social media, right? Like those people that you know really well and you talk to all the time and you know that they got all kinds of drama and craziness (laughs) happening over there, but none of that is (laughs) making an appearance on their Facebook feed. They're all smiling and sunshine and roses. And you're like, "Mm, not quite an accurate picture. So it's really funny because I think sometimes we can fall victim into comparing ourselves if we're not careful and realizing that you know, what's put out there in social media is what people want you to see, right? We don't always want to showcase the dark sides of our lives or the parts of us that we don't like very well out there in social media, because let's face it, we're vain people. (laughs) Like human beings are a little vain and, (laughs) you know, they want to put their best foot forward. uh, But that's not always a full accurate picture of what's really happening. Yeah. Last year, I thought that I would do this thing to kind of combat that where I, you know, I'm always posting like cute pictures, but they're very curated. I'm going to go through all the pictures, look at the one that makes me look the best. Cause I am vain like that. Um, <laughs> but in every picture with the group, I would always have one that I was making the most ridiculous face. And it was usually so ugly. Like, why is she making this face? And I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I just posted those on my story to show like what's happening behind the scenes. And I made it through January and then I got scared and was like, I don't, I don't want people (laughs) to know like what all of my chins look like when I'm scared. (laughs) Oh no. So this past weekend, I had some other friends in town. We had gone out. um, It was a birthday and a whole big thing. And every single picture that somebody took of me while we were out, is awful. And I don't mean just like, oh, look, she's blinking or, oh, look, her head is turned or, oh, look, she might have a double chin. It's like every single picture is like, I'm not sure that's really me. Like, oh no, it's such a scary face. Like I was like, do I, I don't even know how to make that face. Like, where did that come from? And of course they posted them. And so the old version of me would have been like, y'all can't post that. Like that is awful. Like take that down. And now I'm just laughing about it. Like, I don't even care. Like you guys can see the scary part of me that I didn't even know existed. And I'm just not going to look at it. I just don't want to see it. (laughs) So I just hit the like button and just kept on scrolling. I was like, I am not going to look at these. I'm going to pretend they don't exist and go about my day. And I was actually kind of proud of myself because normally like you, I would be like, 
oh my God, people are going to see that. They're going to think that I don't know what they're going to think because I don't even know what to think. I can't process this. I don't want to be put out there like that. I would have never posted that picture, you know, whatever. But I just kind of let it roll off my back and was like, well, there's nothing you can do about it. You took a really crappy Mm -hmm. picture. Yeah, maybe there's four or five really crappy pictures, but (laughs) that's life. You know what? I had a great night. We had a really good time. Everybody had a good time. It was it was fun. So if that's what we have to look at and to, you know, trigger those memories, then so be it whatever. Yes. So I've had a friend before that I just notorious for knowing my worst angles ever. I was like, (laughs) literally one day, I think I had a few beers in me and I asked her, like, do you, do you secretly hate me? Is that why you're always taking bad pictures of me? Are you trying to give me a complex? Like what's going on? And she was like, no, I always think that you look so great when I take these pictures and I just want to capture this moment with you. And I'm like, oh, now I feel like an a-hole because (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were like being mean and malicious. And I think sometimes we are so hard on ourselves and we forget the moment of joy that somebody's just trying to capture that moment, like you said, and all we see is all of our insecurities just glaring at us and nobody else is thinking about it that way. Well, yes, because when you asked me for some selfies for our, our social media, <laughs> that was like torture for me. I remember like calling you saying, this is ridiculous. Like, I can't take a good <laughs> selfie to save my life. Like, they're all awful. I don't take. And then I had my mom and my teenage daughter helping me, which was a mistake. Don't ever have teenagers helping you because they're brutally honest. So it's like oh, every no. little thing. She's like, we need to darken your eyebrows. You need more makeup. You all know I don't wear much makeup at all. And so it's like all of this stuff. And like at the end of it, I was like. I don't feel like me, like this is too Mm -hmm. much. It's outside of my comfort zone. So I went back to like just normal me and tried to take some. And then I was just like, I just sent them all to Jessica and was like, here, Jessica, I don't like any of them. You pick the best one. And you're like, these are great. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you think so. so (laughs) (laughs) I had a hard time choosing the one. Yeah. I, all of them were so good. I didn't know which one to choose. I was like, well, dang. And then I got a complex because I saw all of your great photos and I went back there and looked at mine and I was like, oh no, I've, I've got to redo mine. Crystal looks so amazing. And oh my God, no. I don't look good enough. No. So it was this vicious cycle of us <laughs> yes. doing this with each other. <laughs> we are such girls, such girls. Yes. That's yes. ridiculous. But I oh will tell God. you really quick about somebody taking bad pictures of you because my daughter, she's a teenage girl and she's mm-hmm. constantly on Snapchat. Like that is like the main method of communication with all of her, right. her friends. <laughs> And it drives me crazy. I don't fully understand it, but she's always taking pictures and they'll be like gross pictures of herself, like mm-hmm. food in her mouth, like, you know, with their mouth open, upper nose, whatever. And I'm like, why do you send that to your friends? Like, I don't, I don't understand. She's like, it's funny. And I'm like, it's gross. Like why your friends still want you to like communicate with them when this is what you send them, but she'll take pictures of me too. But like when you're not paying attention, so you're like cooking or maybe you're mad and you got, you know, 42 chins and like a scowl (laughs) on your face. And then I'm like, why don't, don't take pictures of me and send it to your friends, especially like super unflattering ones. Like this is Mm -hmm. awful. A bunch of teenage kids all across town that I don't even know are going to have these weird random crazy pictures of me I was like stop so we've had to like kind of try to put a ban on this I'm like please stop snapping pictures of me (laughs) for snapchat like I just can't be included in this but she thinks it's hilarious so she'll try to do it just to torture you so at least your friend was trying to capture joyous memories and be in the moment mine like tries to find the most unflattering picture of you just to torture you so 
That's funny. I do take the unflattering Snapchat pictures of myself just into my sisters. We always laugh. Oh, nice. We're, like when we wake up, cause we all just have blonde hair. Well, my youngest um, sister now has darker hair, but we used to have blonde hair and we, we, we get swollen puffy faces when we sleep. And when we wake up and you're just looking gross, we'd be like, I look like a thumb today or like a potato. Our favorite <laughs> thing is to say, I look like a potato. Um, Cause there's some days I do, I look like a busted potato and I'm oh, like, that's Oh, that's so Lord. funny. <laughs> I have never thought about calling myself a potato. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Her daughter is going to be like, I'm a potato. <laughs> yeah. But she'll be a cute potato. Like she, but my, yeah. all of my kids are super photogenic. They must get that from their dad. Cause I don't feel like I'm photogenic at all. And they, they're all blessed with some, you know, photogenic genes. And I really love it. I really appreciate it. It makes it easy to like, you know, take good candid shots of them Yeah, um, where they look cute. So now oh I'm just gosh. a little jealous, but <laughs> no comparison is a thief of joy. Remember? No comparing ourselves. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I won't compare myself to my kids. I just sometimes wish that I could, I could take a picture of myself that I liked, you know, like what's, mm-hmm. I don't know. We should dissect that. I'm not sure if that's just a total girl thing or if it's know. just a me thing, but I think we are our own worst critics and it's awful. We shouldn't do that. We should love it regardless of whether or not we look scary or have 42 chins or, you know, old lady neck or whatever it is. Yeah. Like we should just love it. It is what it is. I know I'm the same way. I'm, I'm my own worst critic and I will literally be out with a group of people enjoying it, having a hoot of a time. And then somebody takes a picture and shows it to me. And if it's something that I don't like, or if I think I look a certain way, it can ruin my mood. And oh yeah, I get so mad at myself that I let my insecurities have that much power over me. That is so I know. frustrating. I never feel like I'm an insecure person until I see a crappy picture of myself. Then I'm like, what in the world? Who is yeah. that? That is, that is not how I look in the mirror. <laughs> it almost becomes all consuming. Like that's all you can think of the rest of the, of the time is just like, yeah. do I really look like that? Is that how everybody sees me? And I'm not in the moment anymore and I'm not enjoying yeah. it. And that's a disservice to me. It's a disservice to my friends all because of a picture. And I am so insecure in that moment that I can't enjoy my life anymore for, you know, however long it takes me to get over it. Sometimes it takes a whole dang night. And then I'm, I just ruined a whole night because I'm vain. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes, sorry, ladies, I think it has to do with our cycle too. And where you are like hormonally. Cause I know there are some days, like if I'm PMSing and I can be happy as can be. And then something like triggers it. And then it's like yeah. game over. Like I want to cry. Like I'm upset <laughs> and I'll be the last one to say that I'm a moody girl, but I mean, come on, let's face it. We're girls. Everybody has a day. Some have more, <laughs> uh, oh, but we all have more. our moments, you know, <laughs> like we all have our moments. And so I think it's just giving yourself some space and some, some grace and those reminders, you know, us with our quotes and how we have all this inspirational mumbo jumbo around us at all times. But I think it's having those mantras that you need in those moments to kind of snap yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes a while to figure out what that is, like what those words are or what phrase or what action you can do to snap yourself out of it. Um, I had a friend once who would wear like a hair tie on her wrist. So when she would start feeling that way, she would snap it. And that was how she would like snap herself out of it. And I was like, Oh, that's so creative. Right. But it was something she needed to have something tangible and physical that she could do to like remind her that she was spiraling or whatever it was. And so that's what she would do. And I was like, that's such a good idea, but it just the concept behind it, right. Of like catching yourself so that you don't ruin your whole night so that you don't fall victim to that, 
you know, shame, guilt cycle that you get into and snapping out of it. Like, because you you got to, it's just stealing your joy. It's not hurting anybody else. Like they don't care how crappy you look in that picture. They're having fun in the moment. And for them, it's bringing up a good memory for you. It's just your insecurities, like playing tricks on you. And we got to find a way to overcome that. Yes. One of my tricks that I've I've been trying to do is to not, I know if people are taking a group photo and I know that I'm just not in the right mental space to, or if I'm, you know, if, if you are, I call them body days. So if I'm just having like a body day where I'm hating on myself more than I should be. And, you know, I don't love like trying to be like, Oh, I'm body positive because I'm not, but I aim to be body neutral where I just like my body is the least interesting thing about me. And if I can get to that (laughs) level, then I'm happy. (laughs) Um, so I'm like trying to be body neutral, but if I know there's days and I'm just like, Oh gosh, like I'm already feeling a little bit insecure. It's a new outfit. I don't know how I look in it, that kind of stuff. If people take pictures, I refuse to look because I know if I look, it's going to ruin my night if I don't like it. So I've just been okay with not knowing being like, Oh, I think it's good. It's good. Whatever. And that that's really empowering in those moments to just go, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm moving on. I love that because you're, we all have those days and we're all going to have those moments where we just aren't feeling it. And I love that where you're just like, I'll be in the picture and I'll smile, but I'm not even going to look at it. Like, however it turns out, it turns out and we're just going to roll with it. That's a really good idea. So you don't ruin the moment, you know, like exactly. And then when I see, you know, if it gets posted later on and I'm in a better mood, I'm like, oh, I look really cute in that picture. That's a cute picture of all of us. And I'm coming at it from a positive intent rather than negative. If I'm already feeling weird about myself or weird about my body and I'm going to take a picture, I'm already, if I'm being honest, negative on myself, like, oh, like you shouldn't have eaten so much before this picture or you're bloated, you drink too much beer. You know, there's just all of those things swirling in your head or did I smile weird? And it's ridiculous. Like there is so much more to life than worrying about how you look. And I know I cannot get that through my head enough. If I say it enough, maybe one day it'll stick. (laughs) So for all you guys that are listening to the show, I hope this is like an inner glimpse to what's happening in your lady's mind. Um, She's not crazy. She's not the only one. We all do this. Uh, and we're yeah. all a little bit insecure and we're all a little bit crazy. So give her a little bit of grace and just tell her she looks hot no matter what. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's always the right answer. Yes, babe, you look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really interested to know if, if men, you know, I don't have too many guys in my life and I've never really thought to ask them, but do they have these, these thoughts during pictures or do they, do they get insecure when they put yes. on certain clothes? I want to know. Yes, they do. I don't they know do. that many will admit it. And my husband, sorry, if you're listening or if any of your friends are listening, please don't give him a hard time. But, um, and he, <laughs> he won't like say like, don't post that or that's whatever, but he'll make comments like, Oh God, did you see my smile? Or, Oh God, that was awful. Or, you know, he'll ask like, which boots look better with these jeans, you know, like, so, you know, that if he's asking, he's thinking about it and there's gotta be something there. It may not be to the same level or depth that women do, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I know that they ask, I mean, they want to look good too. They want to present like the best sides of themselves to the world. So, you know, there's going to be some questions, you know, about it. Yeah. I think that this would be a really fun topic to explore in the future, maybe, you know, body image and things like that. So if anybody listening wants to send us their, their thoughts around body image, male or female, you know, I would love to have insight that we could explore and deep dive into. I think that'd be really fun. 
Yeah, or even some of the ways that you've kind of helped overcome some of those things in your own life. Like if you have tips and tricks or strategies that you've tried to like help become more comfortable in your own skin and um, kind of work through some of those body issues that you might've had, that would be really helpful, I think, for the group too. Definitely. And also bringing it back to our beginning, you know, how have you managed friendships over time and connected with people who are different than you, but still found that common ground to grow a relationship with? I think I would be interested to read those stories. I know Crystal would too. We love reading about human connections all the time. Um, So if you want to share your story with us and let us have that insight into you, um, you can always message us on Instagram at intentionally human, or you can follow us on Facebook as well. So we'd love to hear from y'all. Yeah. I will totally nerd out over those stories. So send them in and make my day. (laughs) Yes, please. And I know that we're kind of hitting our time limit for the night, Crystal. So is there any kind of last points that you want to touch on before we wrap up? No, I just want to tell everybody to love themselves. And even though you may have a bad day or a bad moment or not feel just super amped about yourself today, give yourself some grace, remind yourself that at the end of the day, you are still fabulous. You are still wonderful. And even if you just can't get the motivation going for that day, it's okay. Tomorrow's a new day and you can try again then. And if you wake up the next morning and feel a little bit better, celebrate that shit. Like, cause that is a win all on its own and you need to celebrate yourselves more. So have fun and make sure to give compliments. Like, yeah. I think that's like the easiest and nicest thing you can do to anybody that's walking by, smile at them or be like, Oh, I like your shoes or, Oh, your hair looks great today. Even if it's a stranger, you don't know how much of a huge impact that has on somebody and it can totally shift their entire day around. So be nice to somebody and give compliments. I love that. I love the compliment thing because when you compliment others, I do think that it makes you feel more positive and good about yourself too. So why not compliment yourself, compliment others, give yourself some love. I love that. That's our call to action for anybody listening to this. I love it. Celebrate and give some love. I love it. Perfect. (laughs) Well, we'll keep coming at y'all with episodes weekly. So we hope y'all keep coming back and joining us. We really do love doing these. It's the highlight of my week for sure. Oh Um, yes. And we can't wait to talk to y'all again. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye guys. We'll see you next week.